This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. The Buck Sexton Show. Team, we are joined by Jeff Ballinger. He is the author of over a dozen books on the paranormal, including the bestsellers, The World's Most Haunted Places, Weird Massachusetts, Our Haunted Lives, and Who's Haunting the White House. More on him at jeffballinger.com. Jeff, thank you very much for joining us on Halloween weekend. We appreciate it. It's great to be with you, Buck. Thanks for having me. So what are the scariest places, the most haunted places in America, my friend? Tell me about some of them. Oh, gosh, there's so many to choose from. And to me, sometimes it's the most haunted places are these these buildings. They look decrepit, but more than anything, they have a story to tell. And uh, one of my favorites would be Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Louisville, Kentucky. You know, this was an old tuberculosis asylum, a place where, where people with this horrible affliction went, many of them to die and today it's abandoned, all the windows are gone, and when you walk in there, you just imagine what life must have been like in this this building just full of coughing, people just struggling for life, and many of them dying, and of course, today it's haunted. Why do we think it's haunted? What, 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 tell me about some of the stories that you've heard or picked up from people about this place. Yeah, so people think it's haunted because they go in there and they see things that don't make sense. They see, you know, shadows walking and you run down the hall thinking some vagrant or something's inside and, and there's no one there and there's nowhere to have them, for them to have gone except out the window. Uh, people see apparitions, they hear voices, they, they see objects move on their own in this building and the reports come in again and again and again. And that's the thing about this phenomenon, you know. You go in there and you say to yourself, I'm of sound mind and body, I'm walking through this building where, where so many people have died and, and history has left a mark. And sometimes you tune into things that you just don't understand. And those reports go back for decades. You know, I've driven past countless times a place called the Harlem Valley. It used to be Harlem Valley Psychiatric Center, which I know locals say. Has that ever come up on your radar, just out of curiosity? It's a similar place in the sense that they were doing very, uh, what would be considered to be very dangerous and and bad experiments on people with uh, psychological serious psychological issues and it was also a, a prison for the criminally insane they had a prison in the in the back uh and it was 80 abandoned buildings in hudson valley new york it, w- it was just sitting there for a long time and people would always say it was haunted i was just wondering if this ever came up on your radar because i yeah a lot of those hospitals those old kirkbride buildings and they were all over the country these vast complexes of buildings you know and, and at the time it was cutting edge stuff things like lobotomies ice that's water right crash. they did lobotomies there 
Yeah, shock treatment. And when you go back and you look at the history, and sadly, the history of so many of those buildings is similar in that, you know, during the Great Depression, people are getting themselves committed, not because they're crazy, but because they're destitute. And it's a place for shelter and, and meals and so on. And then there's overcrowding and the conditions get bad. And some of these people, you know, I've heard countless reports where folks were lobotomized or, or locked in cages just because the short staff couldn't deal with them. And these are human beings. And that kind of stuff haunts us, you know. Um, when people debate about what a ghost is, I think for me the simplest definition is it's a connection to our past. It's a way to bring that to our present and kind of mingle with it. And sometimes we have to reconcile with some, some pretty tough things, like the way people were treated at a psychiatric hospital or what happened on a battlefield like Gettysburg or, you know, a, a crime scene and so on. These things literally haunt us. What is the single, for you, out of the places that you've been, I know you've, you've written many books on this and you've been studying paranormal activity for a long time, what is the, for, for you personally, the creepiest, scariest place you've ever been in the, in the continental United States? Uh, for continental United States, I was in Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia, and this is where the word penitentiary comes from. Back when it, it opened, uh, it, everything was, was solitary confinement. The prisoners wore masks. They weren't allowed to communicate or see any human being. You were meant to just be penitent, just a single little window slit that looked up to the sky so you could make your peace with God was the whole idea. And you walk through this this building today, and it's still open for tours, though it hasn't been a working prison in a long time. You know, you, we walk through at night, and there was one cell block I'm walking through, and, you know, it's pitch dark, and suddenly I'm just petrified. And you just imagine the kinds of people that must have been held in these cages. And you look over to your left and to your right, and all you see is dark. I mean, in the middle, there's a tiny bit of light, so you can see the outlines of the, the, you know, the actual open cells. But inside, it's completely black, black as can be. And your imagination starts to run with you. And you think, you know, the, the murderers, the rapists that were all around, you know, all around you. And I think you start to feel it and tune into it. And in that moment, I was completely petrified and found myself kind of gently jogging back to the middle, but I'm supposed to be a professional, so I'm trying to keep my cool as well. Are there any, I'm, I'm here in New York City, are there any places that uh, that give people the, the, the that spook them, that, that freak them out here in, here in New York City proper? Yeah, of course. You know, New York City's pretty good at uh, refurbishing its buildings, you know, and not letting stuff stick around too long. There's some pretty valuable real estate. Uh, I know in the theater district, a lot of those old theaters have got, you know, ghostly reputations and, and things like that, um, you know, along 42nd Street. It makes you wonder, does it have something to do with those old buildings, or does it have to do with the nature of theater people who always want an audience around, or, or you know, these, these transient folks that, you know, might want to just kind of linger in places where they were happiest? So many buildings have a story. Uh, sometimes it's, it's not so much a, an over-the-top reputation as just, you know, well, yeah, you know, sometimes we're closing up at night and we hear things, we see things. And, of course, right outside of the city, you've got one of the most infamous haunts in, in America in the, the Amityville house out in Amityville, Long Island, um, where, you know, the DeFeo murders, six people murdered. And, of course, that story has been made into movies and books and so on. Was that, was that the young woman with the axe? Actually, I don't know the story. The, so in, in the 1970s, uh, Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr. murdered his uh, six family members in his house. This is a fact. This happened at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, uh, New York. And uh, DeFeo is still in jail to this day for the crime. The whole family's murdered, and the house sits empty. And as you can imagine, no one really wants to buy it once it's for sale because of the horrific thing that happened. But eventually, uh, a man named George Lutz buys it with his wife, and, and they both come from uh, marriages that had split up, and they kind of combined their families into this house. And they claim they were there for 28 days. And in that time, 
uh, just hell broke loose. They they said there was a room where they just there were always flies in the room. They said uh, George Lutz said early on he would be trying to sleep at night and he heard what sounded like an entire marching band downstairs. But he's the only one who hears it, and he comes downstairs and there's no one there. Uh, that their their children were being attacked. Their their beds are, are vibrating and so on. You know, I'm a guy who's into this stuff. And I wouldn't want to live in a house where six people were murdered somewhat recently. That would bother me. So 28 days later, the family moves out. They, they start their, their new life. This thing seems to follow them. And eventually they tell their story, which is made into the Amityville Horror book and then the series of movies, which are still going on uh, even in modern times. And we're just compelled to, to tell that story. Because to me, I think the haunted house is the most frightening thing of all. You know, you're supposed to feel safe and secure where you live. And if you feel like there's an intruder in there and you can't get rid of it, that's that rattles you. Do you ever or have you ever in your research of the paranormal uh, come across uh, witnessed or, or at least heard stories of exorcisms? I, I that always stuck with me because I remember a priest when I was very young, um, maybe high school age, telling me that he was one of the members of the church who performed exorcism. That, that was a real thing. I kind of thought it was just something that you know people talked about and was in movies, but it it, it is a real thing. Have you ever been around that? So uh, just this past Saturday, I was in St. Louis, and um, the the book and movie The Exorcist was based on a case that uh, took place in St. Louis, and I was at the actual house. I'd, I've uh, done some work and uh, on, on various te- television projects about this case. A boy named Roland Doe, Doe being you know the anonymous last name, just to kind of keep his identity uh, obscured. Uh, went to St. Louis to uh, go through the rite of exorcism. He stayed with his Catholic aunt and, aunt, uh, aunt and uncle in this you know, little neighborhood right outside of St. Louis, and he went through this process. And it's absolutely frightening because you know, when we think of ghosts, we think of, okay, like dead human beings who might still be lingering for whatever reason. But human beings we can come to grips with. When we're talking about an exorcism, if you, if you believe the, the Catholic uh, perception on it, you're talking about a literal monster, something that was never human that's here only to hurt people. How do you reason or reckon with that? How do you come to grips with something that's inhuman? And this, this you know, poor boy went through a, a, a series of exorcisms through psychiatric evaluation, medical evaluation, uh, intense prayer, and so on, where priests felt like they were attacked. Um, I talked to the great niece of Father Halloran, who performed the exorcism, uh, who said that she felt like this was just, he was such a good and pious man that, that the, the demon was actually out for uh, her great uncle, as opposed to the little boy. The little boy was just the, the way to get to the, the priest. And when, you, when it comes down to that, I mean, this is really scary stuff. We're getting to really primal parts of the human existence, our deepest, darkest fears, the idea that something could attach itself to us just because it wants to hurt us, and there's very little we can do about it. That's really frightening. Scariest place in the world you've ever been, Jeff? <laughs> uh, the catacombs of Paris, France. I was, um, I was there in 2003, and that's where I saw my first ghost. I've actually, I had been writing about ghosts for uh, almost seven, eight years at that point. And not that I disbelieved, I just hadn't had the experience. And I was down there alone, 30 meters below the city, surrounded by six million human skeletons where they had placed, you know, they had emptied the cemeteries in the mid-1700s to 1800s. And they're all around you in this very macabre pattern. And, and, and just, a, just imagine, Buck, you're walking down a hallway where if you stuck your hands out in both directions, your fingertips would be gliding along human skulls for, you know, a good... 30, 40 yards down this this hallway. And as I'm walking down there alone, I see a shadow the size of a man move from the right side of the hallway to the left and back. And I just froze. And I looked and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. No one got by me. I mean, you would have literally bumped into me. And then I'm looking, could there be a side tunnel somewhere? And there's nothing there. 
And the, the other thing was, this was the way out. I had to keep going that way. And I had no explanation for it, no word whatsoever, except ghost. And in that instant, I was like, this is what everybody must be talking about when they go through that experience. You can't shake it. You can't explain it. But there it is. It doesn't make any sense for how you were told the universe is supposed to work. But yet, it happened to you, and now you have to live with it. They made a, a movie of the catacombs, or didn't they? As Above, So Below, I believe. Isn't that, it's in the yeah, Paris catacombs. Pink in that or something? Like the, the, the singer Pink? Was I, don't, I didn't see it, but I, I know they made the movie. Yeah, no, I you know I'm I'm not a cataphile. I just uh, I, when I'm in Paris, some people go to the Louvre or the Musée d'Orsay, and I go underground. That's just kind of how I roll, you know. I didn't know that was a place you could go. Very interesting. What are your top, uh, Jeff? What are your top uh, two or three for people that are going to be celebrating Halloween this weekend or on Monday? For you, best scary movies of all time. Oh, God, I, I love The Exorcist. I think it's just so frightening. Maybe it's because, in full disclosure, I was raised Catholic, and um, you know that that kind of resonates on another level for me. Uh, I love Exorcist, and I love Poltergeist. And let me add a level to uh, Poltergeist. In, in the movie, I'm just going to assume most of your listeners have heard it or seen it. Uh, you know, they build this beautiful neighborhood over a former cemetery, but they never move the, the bodies. They just move the headstones. And you think, wow, that would never happen. Guess what? <laughs> it happens all the time. Old cemeteries, very rarely do they actually dig up the, you know, dig up the coffins. They just move the headstones. It happens again and again and again and again. Uh, and there are examples all over the United States. So if you find yourself buying a house that's on the site of a former cemetery, be careful how deep you dig. Jeff Bellinger is a paranormal researcher, author of over a dozen books, including bestsellers, The World's Most Haunted Places, Weird Massachusetts, Our Haunted Lives, and Who's Haunting the White House. All these are up on Amazon. You can also learn more about Jeff at jeffbellinger.com. Jeff, really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate you coming on and have a happy Halloween. Yeah, you too. The veil's growing thin. Watch out for ghosts. The Buck Sexton Show. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and, and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.